Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you now. We bless you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that we might minister under your anointing. Lord, that every word that will come forth from my mouth today will be focused and directed toward changing the hearts and the minds of your people and equipping us that we will definitely proclaim this great gospel wherever we go and worship you in spirit and in truth. We commit ourselves to you now. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. just want to ask you uh, to lift up Sister Tiki Matthews. We've, we've gone out and prayed for her. We don't know exactly what's going on, but God is in control. Amen. Just be prayerful as we go through this worship experience. Uh, in the book of St. John, chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 5. Well, I'll read 1 through 5 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The Message Bible says the light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. And I, I just want to talk about a light that's greater than the darkness. A light that's greater than the darkness. When I walked in uh, in praise and worship and, and the praise uh, ministry was singing and started talking about this light, I said, Lord, I thank you for the word today. Amen? Amen. A light that's greater than the darkness. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, you know, as we, as we observe the climate of our nation today, the climate of the world, it, it seems that uh, things are very dark and dismal uh, from a spiritual perspective. You know, from a worldly perspective, you know, people are, are, are thinking that things are just wonderful. People are celebrating in the streets over some of the decisions that the Supreme Court has made recently in our nation. Um, uh, and as a nation, we seem to be going farther and farther and farther away from God. Uh, as a nation. Yeah. I'm reminded of the scripture in, in, in Psalm 32, verse 12, that says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his inheritance. And, you know, we've, we've moved so far away from God in America uh, that we really can't claim to be a nation that's blessed of God. Uh, you know, I know that the church is still strong in America, but the general climate of America, and it's getting to be more and more pronounced, is to turn away from God to turn away from the church and to say that we are outdated, we're irrelevant, uh, we're not keeping up with the times. Um, as I reminded my family on last night, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
And it's so important that we remember that God does not change. Uh, he's not moved about what's going on in America. You know, he's not even worried about what's going on in America. No, he's not worried at all. He's, uh, I'm, I'm reminded right now of the vision of Isaiah in the throne room where Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and the Bible says his train fills the temple. And I'm reminded of that because it, every time I think about that scripture, it helps me to focus in on the fact that God is still in control. Regardless of what people do, regardless of what people want to do, regardless of how many people turn away from God, regardless of how many people go their own way, God is still in control. Amen? And if we want to be a blessed nation, we have to turn back to God. Because God is not going to lower his standard just because people want to do something different. Amen. God is not going to come down to us. We have to go up to him if, if, if we would understand it from that perspective. Amen. But when we look at America, things seem to be pretty dark. Things seem to be pretty dismal from a spiritual perspective. Uh, but I'm also reminded of an old song that we used to sing when I was in, 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 in seminary. There's a bright side somewhere. The song goes on to say, when your way seems dark and dreary, you don't have to worry for God is near. If in your heart there is no song, just keep the faith and keep holding on. There's a bright side somewhere. And I want to encourage us today, and this message is just to encourage us today, that there is a bright side somewhere. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. The, the text for today says to us that the light shines in the darkness, that Jesus Christ has come into this world and he is shining in the midst of this darkness that's going on around us. And this darkness didn't just start in 2015. Amen. This has been a steadily progression downward since Jesus Christ came into the world because he's soon to come again. You remember the disciples said, um, the angel spoke to the disciples and they said to those disciples when they was watching him go up into heaven, you men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up into the heavens? For this same Jesus who's taken up into the heavens shall so come in like manner. He's coming back again. So as we see things seem to be, that seem to be spiraling out of control, it's important for us to realize that things are not out of control. Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming again. So this light, Christ Jesus, is shining in the midst of the darkness. And the darkness has not understood it, nor has the darkness been able to overcome it. Oh, if Satan could overcome Jesus, he would have done it a long time ago. He thought he had won the battle when Christ was crucified. He thought he had won. He thought he had overcome. But on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead with all power in his hands. Amen? Infallible proofs that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Infallible proofs. Jesus shows himself to his disciples. The greatest proof is that they never found his body. If the disciples had stolen his body, then when they began to be persecuted, when they began to be drawn and quartered, when they began to be crucified, somebody would have said, here is the body of Jesus. 
leave us alone. Amen? Are you understanding me? You know, I don't understand why sometimes we don't get it, you know? Why people in this world don't get it. We act like the, the resurrection of Christ means nothing. But it means everything. It means that God is God. It means that his word is true. It means that he is Lord and he is God and he demands a response from every individual. It's either going to be, yes, Lord, I accept you, or no, Lord, I reject you. And you are welcome to make any choice, any decision you want to make, you know. And, you know, even though people go to church, it doesn't mean that they've really decided for Jesus. Because I, I think, I think I, sometimes I wonder if people understand that, uh, you know, baptism is really uh, something that, that you're doing as a public professional outshone of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then there, there's a change that has to come in your life. Uh, you can't continue to live the way you used to live since Jesus has become the Lord of your life. Now, if he's not the Lord of your life, then you can do anything you want to do. Just go. Just just go. and Just party. Just, just get hog wild. Just... You know, throw off all restraints, you know. Just ride up and down the street and blow your horn and drink your liquor and, you know, do whatever you want to do. Just, just have a, well, what the world would say is a good time. But, but when Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, you can't do what you want to do. As a matter of fact, your wants, your desires begin to change. Because there is, there is a, a desire now that, that I don't want to be conformed to the world, but I, I, I want to be transformed to be like Christ. I, I want, I want, I want when people see me to see Jesus Christ magnified in my life. Hallelujah. Does this make sense to anyone? Amen. Amen. So when you look at the scriptures, you see that, 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 that there has been a lot of, of dark times a lot of dark times uh, throughout the scriptures, amen? amen, with the people of God. These things just didn't start happening, as I said a few moments ago, in 2015, all right? Uh, just go back and read the scriptures. You can go all the way back into the Old Testament, and you can see that there have been dark times in the nation of Israel. I mean, you know, and this is why it's important for us to understand that just because you become a Christian does not mean that everything's going to be hunkadory from now on. I mean, you know, that you're just going to have a good time, that everything is worked out. I mean, I mean, you've got money in the bank, you got a new car to ride in, all your bills are paid, no sickness in your body. No, it does not mean that. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. But regardless of the dark times, God has always shown himself. Regardless of the dark times, God has always brought his people through. And the Bible says that he causes us to triumph always. He causes us to triumph always. Do we understand that? Do you know what always is? It means that even when things seem to be, seem to look like you're losing, you're actually winning. Always. Do you think that that man that killed those people in the church in Charleston, um, 
uh, the other week thought that, that, you know, realized that what he was doing was, was actually going to cause uh, people to show more love and uh, it's going to cause that, those families to come out and, and say, I forgive you. Do you think that it was going to, that he realized that God was going to move in the midst of that situation to allow his glory to be revealed and God is not finished with this yet? He didn't realize it. He didn't realize it. But in the midst of all of the darkness, whatever it has happened in the world, God will be glorified. He'll be glorified. He'll be glorified. He'll be glorified. Oh, you know, people don't ask to die for their faith, but if, if they have to die for their faith, God is glorified. God is glorified. Peter was crucified upside down. God was glorified. You know, the church was persecuted, but God was glorified. Amen? I was reading a devotional uh, that pointed out some pertinent things about how God is working in various nations in Europe. Now, if anybody has studied church history, you understand that, you know, the church actually began in that part of the world, Asia, Europe, what have you, you know, and, uh, you know, some of your, some of your theological uh, uh, some of your doctors of theology, some of your theologians uh, came out of the part of the world that, was, that we know as Russia and, the, and those places. And, and there's still some, some uh, libraries there that have great theological works. But when you look at that part of the world today, you see that in many places and throughout Europe, the church has began to decline. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have turned away from God. People have become very godless. You know, sometimes I think about Great Britain, and, and I've heard people say that America is going the way of Great, of Great Britain. With so much paganism, so many people just not wanting anything to do with God, anything to do with the faith. But I was reading in this, in this devotional, and uh, it's a devotional by Nicky Gumbel uh, that I read uh, daily, and uh, he talks about, the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ shining in Europe. He says that he and his wife uh, last summer went to Salzburg, Austria, uh, taking part in a great event. Now, now uh, the thing that, that, that I always remember now when I hear about Austria is thinking about the Jews uh, who were killed uh, in concentration camps who were sent to concentration camps and killed by Hitler. And there are a couple of movies that have been made uh, that talks about that, but I remember that about Austria. But he talks about them going to this, to this event um, uh, on, on during the Feast of Pentecost and the celebration of Pentecost on the day of Pentecost with 6,000 young people that were filled with the Holy Spirit and worshiping Jesus, packing the Salzburg the cathedral there in Austria. Amen. In the midst of a continent, and, and this is happening in other places of Europe, since the, since the Iron Curtain fell, you have missionaries going into, into these places. Some of them are still having to minister underground, undercover, but they're going into these places and they're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what we're seeing is that, 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 that these things are like a bright light in the, in the midst of the spiritual darkness that we see so much around Europe. 
a bright light that's shining. Church, I want, I want each one of us to understand that if we have received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, all right, his light is shining in our lives. Everywhere we go, his light is shining. Amen? Are, are you all awake today? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Everywhere we go, everywhere you, maybe you don't realize it, okay? But, 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 but everywhere we go, his light is, because he lives in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the light of our lives, all right? And we should never forget that. If we are who we say we are, his light emanates from us. It might be through a smile. It might be just your presence in the room. You know, your presence brings peace. Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm still here. His presence, his presence in our lives allows his peace to emanate from us. You know, sometimes you go places and people say, you just have such a peaceful spirit. That's not you. That's the Holy Ghost in you. You walk into, you, 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 in your house and there seems to be turmoil and confusion and, 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 and then you're just calm. That's just not you. That's the Spirit of God emanating, shining his light out through you. Amen? Wherever we go, wherever we go, uh, it might be through your conversation, through the way you carry yourself. All right? And it's not just us, but it's every person who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it should be that way. Wherever we go, you know, and I, 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 was, I had to speak last night for our banquet, and I prepared something, but when I stood up, the Spirit of God just began to speak to me and, 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 and show me that, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to present the gospel a great opportunity to tell your people about the hope that lies inside of you. Even though they didn't ask me to, they asked me to speak, they didn't know what I was gonna talk about. But it was a great opportunity to defend the faith. You know, and, and, and so when we do this, we don't do it from a standpoint of arrogance, we don't do it from a standpoint of meanness, but we speak the truth in love and the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ shines forth. Because no opportunity to speak or to minister or to talk is to glorify us. It's to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It's always to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. So wherever you are, you know, you're going to have some opportunities throughout the summer to, 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 and you have some opportunities this weekend to spend with family and friends. Some of your family needs to know Jesus. Amen? Don't just, don't, just, don't just show up. But when you have an opportunity, open your mouth and speak to them about the truth of the gospel. Share the Lord Jesus Christ with them. You know, not the church. Don't just say, come and worship with me. But share the Lord Jesus Christ with them. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine forth in your life. 
As we look at the scripture, uh, I, I, I want to share a couple of things with you to encourage you today uh, from the word of God. Yeah. And uh, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use several different scriptures to talk about this. The first one is in Psalm chapter, Psalm, excuse me, Psalm 80, verse, we're going to turn to Psalm 80 and we're just going to look at a couple of those verses. This is what God does. This is what God does. This is the light. This is the light that's greater than the darkness that's around us. The light that shines out in your life. The light that shines out in our lives. Uh, the first is the light of God's smile. Now, now, now I'm going to explain what I mean about this. Uh, how many of us remember the song, God has smiled on me? He has set me free. Amen. You remember that song? God has smiled on me. He's been good to me. Yeah. So when we talk about God smiling on us, it's like the radiance of God shining forth in our lives, of the favor of God in our lives. Uh, and when you think about the light of God's smile shining on, on us, it ought to be an amazing thing. Not only is God with us, all right, but we can also enjoy his favor shining on our lives. So I, I, I not only say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, uh, for thou art with me. But I also begin to understand that his favor is shining on my life. God looks at me. God shines forth his favor on my life. In, 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 um, in verse 19 of this 80th Psalm, it says, Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Now, this is again one of the dark times in Israel's history. And they've been going through a lot of things. And the psalmist picks upon this. Okay? Earlier on, it talks about uh, Israel as a vine and how God had brought them out of bondage in Egypt and planted them as a vine. And they had begun to grow into a great vineyard. But because of their disobedience, and that's what's going to happen in America, because of our disobedience, then the walls are going to be broken down and we're not going to begin to experience the protection of God that we've experienced in the past. That's why it's dangerous to turn away from God. In your house, it's dangerous to turn away from God. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamps round about those that believe. So if you don't believe, there's no angel encamped round about you. When you get in trouble, and you've heard me say this before, if you are not a believer and you get in trouble, there's no need for me to pray for God to bring you out of the trouble except for the fact that if God brings you out of the trouble, there's a revelation of Jesus Christ and you give your life to the Lord. Because sometimes we waste our prayers on people. Why you say that, Pastor? Because they don't believe in God. They don't want anything to do with God until they get in trouble. And if you don't want anything to do with my God until you get in trouble, if he brings you out of the trouble, he knows that after you get out of the trouble, you still don't want anything to do with him. Sometimes we don't think about that. So we want to we, we pray for everybody. 
Sometimes we're wasting our prayers. But what we see here is, is that the walls of, around the vineyard, in verse number 12, it talks about this. It talks about this. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pickets grapes, boars from the forest ravage it, and the creatures of the field feed on it? Return to us, O God. You know, what they're realizing is, what they begin to realize is that they have fallen away from God and God has brought travesty and destruction upon them. The walls of the vineyard are broken down. Okay. So in these dark times, and whenever God has to turn his back on people, it's going to be dark times. It's going to be dark times. But in these dark times, the psalmist cries out to God for restoration and revival. Revive us. Hallelujah. And we will call on your name. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. As we look at the state of the nation that we live in, the condition of our nation, saints, amen, the spiritual walls are being broken down. It's look, it looks like we're in a desperate state and people don't really understand what's going on. They don't understand what's going on. But we need to pray that God will revive us. And we need to pray that God will restore us. And we need to pray that God will smile on us again. This nation has done some of the greatest work of spreading the gospel than any other nation in the world. But now we've become the greatest mission field in the world. Missionaries from other countries want to come here to preach the gospel. We need to pray that God will smile on us again. But it's only going to come as we repent of our sins. God says, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, I... I you know, sometimes we want to come to church and we just want to have a good time all the time. You know, we want to be jumping around. You know, but you know what? What we need to be doing is laying on our faces, crying out to God, repenting of our sins, because the day and time that we're living in in America is not a time for the church to rejoice. It's a time for the church to put on sackcloth and ashes and fast and pray and go before God that he might save this land. Revive us, O oh God. Smile on us again. Your light has not gone out. You can smile on us again. In the book of Acts, chapter 24, as we, and I'm not going to read all of this, but, 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 but we have the account of the Apostle Paul. We know Paul's life, you know. Uh, we've studied Paul. We just finished watching uh, uh, the series AD, and we see how God how the Lord saved Paul on the road to Damascus. But we also see how Paul was persecuted. 
because he was because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is one of the instances where he is in, in the 24th chapter of Acts, where he goes before Festus and he's he's been falsely accused by many Jews who were saying that that he was undermining the faith and teaching things that was not lawful for them to practice. When the things that Paul taught, the things that he preached were very lawful according to scripture because he was a Pharisee. He was faithful to the law. So he knew the law. His salvation just brought the revelation of the truth of Jesus Christ. But he still experienced dark times in his life. Okay. And in the midst of Paul being in prison, verse 24 of the 11th chapter of, of, of Acts, of the 24th chapter of Acts, uh, says that wherever he could, he spoke about faith in Jesus Christ. So wherever Paul could, he took every opportunity to allow the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus to shine in his life. Are you hearing me? Well, he could. So even though he's imprisoned, he's given opportunity, or he's allowing the opportunity for the light of the gospel to shine through him. We just finished praying for those pastors in Bhutan. Many of us would think it would be a terrible thing to be locked up for our faith. But let me tell you something. If God allows you to go to prison for your faith, he's putting you there for a reason. Somebody in that prison needs to be saved. Amen? Are you understanding me? If, if, if you get sick and people pray for you to get well and you don't get well, but you have to go to the hospital, there's a reason for you being in the hospital. Does this make any sense? We always want to get from under things. We, we, want to, we don't want persecution. We don't want trouble. We don't want heartache. We don't want pain. We want to be relieved of all pain. But the Bible says all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So in the midst of your persecution, what are you supposed to do? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' trials. For you know the trial of your faith works patience. And when patience has had its complete work, you shall be complete. You shall be entire. You shall want nothing. When is the last time you complained about something you were going through? Was it yesterday? Was it last week? Anybody ever complained about anything you've been going through? Tell the truth and shame the devil. Give God glory, they will say. <laughs> when they say give God glory, that means tell the truth. Because sometimes we won't tell the truth. Amen. Yeah, you think about that. But in the midst of your persecution, it's an opportunity for the light of the gospel of Jesus to shine. Because the light shines in darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. Think about it. The darkness can't be overcome even in the midst of the persecution that's coming in your life. Just be who you're supposed to be. You know? 
You, know, you ever been, well, I'll just talk about myself. My fingers just been giving me trouble. You know, what I decided to do was in the midst of the pain to exercise it, to stretch it, you know, and not to focus on the pain, all right, but to focus on whatever it is that I need to focus on because if I focus on the pain, then my focus is always going to be on what I'm experiencing. But if I don't focus on the pain, I can do what I need to do. Are you understanding me? So when I was lifting up that heavy grill on Tuesday, I didn't focus on the pain. And I was running back and forth and I was doing everything. And, 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 and later on in the day, I said, oh, I've not been having any pain. Not that the pain wasn't there, but I wasn't focusing on it. Are you understanding me? So when persecution comes in our lives, don't focus on it. You say, Pastor, how are you going to do that? It's a work in progress. It's something you got to practice, you know. It's like exercising. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord. But you got to lift your head up. Because presently what you're doing is you're looking at your situation. You're focusing on your situation. Take your eyes off of your situation so that the light can shine forth. Somebody needs your light. Somebody is going through some things. They need the light of Jesus that will shine forth from your life. Somebody God has brought you in contact with. It may be somebody in your family. It may be somebody on your job. It may be somebody at your school. They need the light of the gospel that is shining forth from your life. In 2 Kings, sometimes we worry about our young people. Is that right? Sometimes we worry about our young people. We say, Lord, what's happening with our young people? But you know, there is something about speaking the word of God into our young people and planting seed in them. And there's something about the fact that just like when we were young, we remembered the things that our parents taught us. Our young people remember what we teach them. They remember the example that we set before them. And God can use our young people. Remember this, this man said that there were 6,000 young people filling the cathedral in Augsburg. Oh, well, I mean, in, in Austria, in, in whatever the name of it was, Salzburg, thank you. 6,000 young people. Now, I guess you say, you know, well, 6,000 young people, that's not a whole lot. Well, think about 6,000 young people that could be at the nightclub, you know, or at the park, or just doing whatever they want to do. But they're in church, worshiping and praising God. In, 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 in 2 Kings 11, Verse 21, and this gives a whole account of, of uh, this 11th chapter, uh, 10th chapter and 11th chapter of 2 Kings gives a whole account of the different kings of Israel and Judah. 
and their wickedness. But in the 11th chapter, down at verse number 21, what has happened is that uh, Ataliah had slain all of the previous king's sons, and she's ruling Judah. But there was one son that, that, that the priest saved and gave to his nurse and hid him in the temple. God had a plan for this child. And verse 21 says, Joash was seven years old when he began to reign. Seven years old when he began to reign. Now, when you begin to read as Joash gets older and the things that Joash does, Joash brings the people back to God. So you see that God can use young people to allow his light to shine through. Young people. Sometimes you don't even think they're thinking about things. But their minds are on it. Yesterday, one of my cousins got sick, and we were sitting there eating. And she got sick, and everybody crowded around, and the music was still playing, and my son sent me a text, and I didn't see it. He said, Dad, why don't we pray? No, you know, a young person saying, why don't we pray? So why would a young pe person say, why don't we pray? Except he believes in prayer. And believes in the power of prayer. And believes that this is, this is what Christians do when trouble arrives. Christians pray when trouble comes. God will use, let's not count our young people out. I don't care what they go through. Saints of God, we've gone through some worse things than they've gone through. They may not seem to be paying attention to what we're saying, but they're paying attention to what we're saying. They're paying attention to what we're doing. They are developing their walk with the Lord. I remember the scriptures that talks about uh, in the end times, and it says, and they shall be led by a child. God will use our young people. Jesus was, what, 12 years old? In the temple, reasoning with the priest at 12 years old? God will use our young people. If we just step back as we pray for them and encourage them, then step back and then that, you know, some things they're going to mess up. You know, they're going to do some things we don't want them to do. Is that right, young people? You can say amen, because guess what? We did things that our parents did not want us to do. Tell the truth and shame the devil. That's what somebody said, give glory to God. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so when our young people are growing and developing, they're going to want to try things. Didn't you want to try things? Tell the truth and shame the devil. You tried some things. Some things nobody may not know about, but you did it. Now you want to beat up your children. But God wants to use them for his glory. And God can use them to allow his light to shine through. But we are not thinking about it. God has his mind on them. 
Hallelujah. God is working in their lives just like he worked in our lives. In the midst of our mess, sometimes God used us. Can anybody tell the truth? You got to say it louder than that. See, y'all saying it like you're still shame. You want somebody to think you've been a saint all your days. You, ain't been a saint. you have not been a saint all your days. Mm, isn't that right, all the stuff? Thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. How many of you realize he could have cut you off a long time ago? There's some stuff you did in your life, and mine too. If it had not been for the mercy of God, you would have been in the grave, pushing up flowers. Been good fertilizer down there. But look at you now. Say, look at me now. But by the grace of God. God, God can shine, and God wants to shine his light through our young people. Sometimes we put out, we have our hands on them so tight that, that the light can't get through our hand. We kind of, kind of, we got to kind of let loose a little bit so that God can work. Got to step back so that God can work. If God can use a seven-year-old, God can use a 15-year-old. God can use a 20-year-old. Hallelujah. They may not do it like we did it. That's all right. We don't do it like our parents did it. Amen. I remember when Afros first started coming out. And bell-bottom pants and those high heel shoes. I mean, the older people thought we had lost our minds. What's going on with our young people today? And now look at how we act toward our children. Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. I believe God is going to use young people to bring about a revival in America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus is shining in their lives. They're seeing things that we don't see. You know, and, and, and the thing about the church is that in every generation, there is there becomes a, 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 a disgust with religion and a disgust with the church. We did it. I got disgusted with the church. I didn't leave the church, but I wanted to see things change in the church. So sometimes we tend to get at ease in Zion. And young people are saying, things ought to not be like this. We can be doing this and we can be doing that. And this ought to happen this way. That ought to happen that way. It's the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus shining in their lives. And God will use them for his glory. Remember 
that the darkness will never overcome the light of Jesus Christ. I don't care how hard the devil tries, he cannot stop this thing that God has started. He cannot stop Jesus. He didn't do it then, and he can't do it now. Amen. Amen. How did, why didn't y'all clap on that? Hallelujah. The true light that lights every man's soul. Let me tell you something. If you're in here and you are a believer and you don't think that there's anything much to you, just keep believing in Jesus. And keep, a, just, 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 just allow Christ, just allow him to move in your life. With the little bit of knowledge that you have, with the little bit of spirituality that you have, you may not fast and pray, but at least maybe you pray sometime. But just build on that. You know, just build on that. Maybe you're not opening your Bibles every morning, but you're doing it once a week. Just build on that. But let me tell you, where you are, God will shine his light in your life. And he will cause you to use you to make a difference in somebody else's life. You're in contact with somebody. And that's what this is all about. You know, we, we used to say each one reach one. We stopped talking about that. But that's really what this is all about. Because everybody's not going to come into the church house, but every one of us is on a job somewhere. Every one of us is somewhere in school. Every one of us is in a household or in a family. God wants to use us. To just, just allow his light to shine. And that light is shining Somebody will come and ask you a question. Now you have an opportunity to answer them from the perspective of your faith. You don't have to say, well, you know, I just believe in Jesus and, you know, stop huckabucking and you don't have to do all of that. Just begin to share the hope that lies in you. If it's just, if it's just praying for somebody, because they're going through something. Teenagers, how many of you have friends at school or friends you know? They're going through some things. Get them to the side and say, can we pray about this? That's the light of Jesus shining in your life. You say, Pastor, I don't know what to pray. You pray about the situation. You don't have to pray 15 minutes. All you got to do is say, Lord, my friend is having a problem in her house. Would you please move? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. That's all you got to say. Because the Lord is, he's the one that's going to do the work. Sometimes, we, sometimes the old people pray like we're forcing God. <laughs> we got to pray a long time because we got to convince God, you know, God, you got to do this thing. We pray long prayers. You don't have to do that. Sometimes somebody just needs a hug. You, you can look at someone's face and just see that they're, they're just going through something and just, just hug them. That's the light of Jesus. It's the light of Jesus. Sometimes somebody needs a friend. Need a friend. 
Now, of course, the Bible says if you want friends, you have to show yourself friendly. But sometimes people are going through things and it becomes our responsibility to show ourselves friendly to them. That's the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus that will not be overcome by the darkness. We have a promise of scripture. We have the promise of God that this light will not be overcome by the darkness. Now just, just let it shine. Just let it shine. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that your word will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent it to. You sent your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Today, I want to just give an opportunity for people to come to the altar for prayer.